welcome to Knights of Roleplay, an adventuring podcast. This is an actual play 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Royalty free music provided by Kevin MacLeod, Plate Mail Games, and Tabletop Audio. And now, to adventure. Hello and welcome. My name is Chris Buckner. I'm the primary dungeon master for Knights of Roleplay and Adventuring Podcast. This session was recorded over Zoom and I'm doing an insert at the beginning because something really got screwed up in Zoom in my mic levels. And so my voice sounds really loud during this session. I don't think it's so disruptive that you can't enjoy the episode, but I wanted to make sure that I made that clear. So let's get into the adventure. As our adventure begins, it is stardate 1110.82. The party is on the elemental plane of water on board the ancient spelljamming vessel known as the Spelljammer. After a brief skirmish with some Sahagan, the party went about exploring the ship. They located a device shaped like a crown that looks similar to those used to pilot the Star Runner and the Skycoach. Janie has just put the crown on her head. Janie. Your awareness instantly travels throughout the entire ship. You can see every inch of the Spelljammer. You can also see into the distance from any point on the ship. You have instant knowledge of the systems of the ship. Propulsion, weapons, navigation, and something more. It's hard to define at first. It feels like a feeling, emotion, awareness, even consciousness. It doesn't take you long to realize that that the Spelljammer is alive. You learn of the craft you saw on the landing strips on the Spelljammer's wings. They are called Smalljammers. They are miniature versions of the legendary Spelljammer itself. They retain the basic manta shape with the upswept tail, but where the city would be on the larger craft, Smalljammers have an enclosed cabin for crew. Instead of a landing platform, the bow quarters have a small outer deck, as well as the command deck. Small jammers come in two sizes, the size capable of carrying a small crew, and an even smaller size that carries a single occupant. The small jammers are birthed from the gardens in the interior of the spelljammer. Like their parent ship, they too are alive. You learn of the Shivok Terminal, where creatures called Shivoks are birthed in a manner not unlike the small jammers. Shivoks are essentially constructs that perform various functions on the spelljammer and resemble headless ellipsoids that have limbs. The limbs are arranged in such a manner that varieties of Shivoks resemble various species of the known universe, such as humanoids, beholders, serpents, and spiders. The surface of a Shivok appears to be covered by a thick gray leather. However, this leather-like exterior extends fully to the core of a Shivok. In other words, Shivoks lack organs in the known sense. The limbs are made of similar material and they are what allow the Shivoks to maneuver. As your senses begin to adjust to all this new information, you quickly build a sort of rapport with the Spelljammer. The ship is old, ancient, timeless. It feels like an old friend or a favorite grandparent. It is benevolent, peaceful, and longs for companionship. It longs to be needed. 
It longs for creatures to populate its city and travel with it through wild space. So Janie, what do you do? Oh my god! <laughs> it wants what Janie wants! I'm <laughs> 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 Um. Quit crying, can you pilot it or not? Arvine elbow strikes. Oh, what? Like Arvine knows what he, what she just felt. Neither does Strax. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just wow. <laughs> if she just had that reaction and she saw any part of it, she would elbow you for being a punk. <laughs> it seems that this thing is alive. Is Greg? Alive. Greg, you have no idea. No. You have you have no idea. Unless Janie tells us, we don't know the details oh, okay. of what he just described. Yeah. I, That's why Strax is still just being Strax. So Janie's pretty, I'm, I'm imagining she'd be pretty overwhelmed by all of that all at once, but you said that she is adjusting. Slowly. <laughs> Slowly. Um, you, don't, you don't understand, this is not, it's, 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 it's not just a ship. This is, this isn't the same. It's, it's not, it's, it's, it's not the same. It's, it's not the same. Uh, all right. Uh, focus a little. Yes, I, I get it. It's not the same as a regular ship. It's a lot bigger. No, it's it's alive. Mm. It speaks to me. There are there are beings that birth here, and the ships are alive. It's it's searching. Are they dangerous? It's I I don't believe so. It's it's just looking for somewhere to belong. It tracks. It's like us. It wants to belong somewhere and be somewhere and have a purpose and travel and. Be a home. Mm. Well, as long as it doesn't mind us being here. All right, I can. Can I sense that the ship trusts us? Um, what you feel is it's a little hard to pin down. It's not like it's able to talk to you. It's more like emotions. Right. And um, you feel like in the short time that you have been connected to it, uh, you think, uh, actually, make an insight check with advantage for me. Because Janie does have her psychic stuff. Hooey, dewey. <laughs> <laughs> right. hooey, dewey. hooey, hooey, hooey. <laughs> um, insight. Okay. I don't know. I was thinking that Matisse could could use her memory of a thousand lifetimes because I'm sure certain things have happened that would be mm-hmm. actually that she can determine. It's actually not a bad idea. Even There's in this room, there's so many room, places on cap- this ship, though. Being the know. captain's quarters, anything that happened here would probably be particularly important. Might be worthy, Matisse, but yeah, go, go ahead. We don't we'll do that a little later. Divert so from what Sarah's doing. The insight check is a dirty 20. Okay. Nice. Uh, you get a sense that the Spelljammer has a certain level of trust with you because you are in connection with it and you're sharing something on a very uh, personal level with it. 
you don't you don't think that it is um, you don't know how it feels toward the other people that are on the ship and you're not quite sure how it develops their relationship with whoever is on the ship but you have a personal connection to it yourself you think it probably trusts you at the very least okay um am i able to convey feelings back like is it able to feel my feelings too well i guess i mean you don't really know but you can certainly try Okay, um, so I guess I I kind of signal to the other, my other party mates there, you know, my friends, mm-hmm. party mates, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I just ask, I kind of wave my hands and ask for a, a bit of silence and I'm going to focus in and um, in my mind, which I'm really used to using, um, <laughs> I'm just going to focus on my feelings of sadness and and losing my home mm-hmm. and what it was like to watch people get hurt at my hands and get a second chance to redeem myself and learn to trust my own magic and sorry become one of the owners of a ship even though it was at the cost of someone I loved mm-hmm. and just the fact that I want to find a place where myself and my brother can settle down and I can make it up to my brother that we haven't had a home for so long and I can be trusted and valued and try to give the ship those emotions to help it understand that I mean no harm and that we as a party mean no harm and that we don't want it to fall victim to people that would not respect its wishes okay Um, you convey all this very strong emotion and you feel a uh, response from the ship how would I describe it? I guess it's um, it's it's comforting. It's it, you get a sense that it understands what you're saying, and and that it that it appreciates uh, what you're saying, and that uh, it, it it does understand your message. And you just feel kind of warm and fuzzy, and you feel it coming from the ship. So so that's a sense of acknowledgement from the ship. Okay, so that okay. So Janie obviously builds a lot of bonds through mutual understanding. So that was important to her. Yeah, absolutely. Um, At that point, I think she would try to discern if the ship... How would I word it? What kind of history the ship has who last had a bond with the ship and like uh, what kind of trials has it been through in trying to find its its forever mate uh, <laughs> captain I don't know how'd you call that uh, sorry I needed to laugh a bit I was uh, <laughs> that's okay I'm not leaking you're leaking <laughs> <laughs> 
terrible day for rain. <laughs> <laughs> There's condensations on my eyelashes. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just reminded me of Data on Star Trek and the, and the drunk episode when he's like, if you prick me, do I not leak? <laughs> uh, okay, so you, so you try to convey, you, you try to draw that information um, from the spelljammer, and uh, you you feel almost like a sense of um, of of want to try to give you the information that you're looking for, but because it doesn't really speak so much as as it you know. Um, Feels. Emotes, yeah, Fe- yeah, feels and emotes, yeah. Um, you you see an image in your mind of the Shivok terminal, and you you get this sense that something is happening in the Shivok terminal, and you feel like this is this vision is um, it's drawing your awareness to this spot in response to what you're trying to convey to it, the information you're trying to to get from it, and. Okay. Um, something is happening in the Shivak terminal and it you feel like it wants you to go there and that you think that that is probably relevant to the information you're trying to get from it it's trying to send you to the Shivak terminal okay um i'm going to focus my emotions towards my 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 feelings towards matisse and the the comfort that we've gotten from the visions that matisse can get through using her powers and um, is the crown something that has to be like attached to the room, or is it something that like I can, like, do I just walk around with a crown on my head? Yeah, it's it's not attached to anything. <laughs> it's not attached to, to anything other than your head. Okay, so I'm gonna just kind of put that emotion out there to kind of try to convey, like, I may be able to help you with that. And um, I'm gonna say to the group. The ship is, this is going to sound crazy, but Uh? I've given you enough crazy in our lifetime (laughs) that I think you guys trust me by now, sort of. You need to follow me, and I'm going to start going in the direction of that terminal. Okay. All right. What are we walking into? I asked the ship if it has trauma that it wanted to talk to us about and I know what you can do Matisse and it's we it's showing me this place where the Shiv- you said Siobhan uh, Shivak Shivak sorry yeah. Siobhan <laughs> where the Shivak yes yes are are the the Shafak terminal and it, it seems to be conveying that there's strong feelings there and I, I think we need to go there to, to right, find cool. more. What's okay. a Shafak? Okay. Lead that. on, Janie. I'll they're follow the, where you're the going. They're the beings that inhabit the ship. Uh, we haven't seen any. We haven't seen any. Yeah, I wonder. Just trust me, Strax. Huh? Can you trust I, me? I trust you. Let's I just want to know what I'm walking into. <laughs> okay. So I don't know if I trust the ship yet. Yeah, I See. trust the ship. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I'm curious. That background question, Sarah. After all this time traveling with you, do we know that Janie is Kalashtar? Has she ever opened up and shared that, or no? I'll I don't be know. Honest, if I don't she think it's really ever knows been... a lot about being a Kalashtar. 
I'll, I'll be honest, I don't think it's ever been really relevant. Uh, there was one fight early on where her, her spirits gave her history on the Avatar of Death when the rest of us were not getting anything. <laughs> I, I, I had told Sarah, I'd given Sarah some information from the spirit that she was like linked to because she was a, a Kalashtar. Yeah. So so I would say that Janie knows what it is, but she may not necessarily have conveyed that to the party. I don't really recall if she ever conveyed that to the party or not. So, yeah, I would say that she hasn't. I okay. mean, it's not... I don't think Janie is the type of person that would focus on that. Okay. Like, I'm this, you know? Yeah, it would just... Right. It, it would inform <laughs> yes. how... Hey, I'm white. Did you know I'm white? You know? <laughs> like, did you know I like to play with fire and I could talk in your mind? <laughs> like, it's just kind of like, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, as, as fuzzy and you're tall and I just wanted to wing sometimes, and, you know, <laughs> shape my questions, which I, I guess is where, as we're heading to the terminal, Arvine would ask you. So if, if the ship has been able to communicate with you have you been able to share like your history your goals and whatnot with it is it is it a two-way connection it's not the same as what i do with you it's hard to describe but you know how hal described what it's like to spell jam where you can be the eyes and ears of the ship and you're very aware of everything Mm -hmm. it's it's that I can see everywhere, mm-hmm. but I can feel everything too. So broader, not not words necessarily. It's like being connected to another human being. Feel everything, so like uh, I can feel the all ship of gets its hurt. Emotions. Do you get hurt? Oh, it's an emotional thing. Oh, never mind. That. I can, I can really, and and when I'm thinking about the things that give me strong emotions it can feel my emotions and yeah. it's amazing I'm probably just as well you put this crown on then if, if you're able to communicate Shut up, Strax. with that I know you hate my emotions but you have them too <laughs> do not you do too you little fuzzy jerk face lie slender and calming <sighs> I, 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 the question I'm leading towards is if you can communicate with it via the crown it's such a higher level can it hear us if we're speaking mentally with you with your gift I don't know it could be worth a shot I think so I think we should check out the the terminal first though let's do that first and we can try that later because it's trying to tell us something and and at the very least if Matisse can can see something, then it's talking directly to Matisse. Do I feel like the ship is a she or a he or a they or a... Um, there's no real sense of gender. Okay. Just want to make sure. Sure, sure. Um, so you go over to the Shabak terminal and you're standing outside the terminal. So, so what do you do? So is it like a door... The terminal as in a place or terminal as in like a panel it's it's basically it's basically a building it's okay. it's 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 a building and there's basically a set of doors in front of you and you're kind of standing in front of this uh building in in the city part of the ship and um this is apparently where the shavaks are constructed inside this building okay 
Um, any windows or anything that we can see in? No. There's no, no windows. No. All right. Um, well, our, our, our being perceptifies, can she hear anything that sounds off? Like anything that looks off? Um, what is your passive? I know it's really high. 24. 20-something, right? 20-something? Okay. I think it's 24. So, uh, you can hear, it's, it's hard to hear, but you, but you can definitely hear like a very low sound of things like mechanical, like, like, like moving around and, um, you know, like electrical sounds, metal sounds, occasional banging sounds, and, and it's all very low coming but it's coming from inside the shivak terminal like like, like so, something is moving around and, and stuff is stuff is happening inside the inside the terminal okay does anything look off about the door itself or the doors no it just seems like, things like a, out of line damage that nope it, nope okay, okay. it's a I, I can hear machine noises very faintly inside but i don't see anything else that seems strange well if, if it's some kind of manufacturing that wouldn't make sense all right, uh, SDO one, you take point. All right, and I go up and open the door and peek inside. Okay, there there is a panel on the right, which looks to be a panel to open the door. Oh, it's open or closed. There's no opening up a no little windows. bit. Looking. Correct. <laughs> yep. Basically, basically, you activate this panel, and it looks like it's a set of double doors that are going to slide open. Um, Star Trek door noises. All right, SDO one. <laughs> Stand in front of the door <laughs> and, and guard. And so I set SDO1 in front of the doors and press the panel. Okay. So uh, the panel opens up and you see what basically looks like some kind of a really high-tech factory on the inside of this building. And there is... There are, are there are a series of like pods like like all around inside this building, and it looks like there are you know like different parts all over the walls and different things used in construction and whatnot, and um like like some of the machinery is working around this one pod, and uh, the pods are basically like translucent, and so you can see like all this light and stuff like that. And, inside this pod but you can't see what's actually inside of it um you see sort of like a vague shadow of like some kind of an object that is in it mm-hmm. and um you know it 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 appears like maybe something is being constructed inside that pod no other don't see any creatures just basically the machinery working on the pod correct okay well well okay i didn't really say it specifically but Try. So I didn't. I didn't really be clear. I didn't really be. What the hell? <laughs> I wasn't really clear earlier. But the the creatures that live on the ship, they're not. They're they're constructs. They're 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 like ruffian. Okay. Yes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So they're built all right that makes sense from what i'm seeing here this factory is meant to do i think this is where they're built what do they look like so that we know not so i know not to shoot them they don't have heads so don't shoot them in the head okay (laughs) (laughs) if you want if you want to if you want to 
just say that Janie tells them what I told you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> since, since everybody heard that, Janie tells you what I said. Weird, yeah. bulbous, leathery things with tentacles. Got it. Yeah. They, they, they come in a variety of different... I know what Chris is getting into. They, they, they come in a variety of different um, types, like spiders and humanoids and, and various kinds of creatures. And yeah, they're basically like leathery, leathery constructs. Yeah. Um, so, so a couple of minutes go by um, while you're in there. And then um, the, the machine mirror on the pod stops working. And uh, a door opens up on it, and there's like this, so like this kind of steam comes out from inside the pod, and uh, you uh, see a construct come floating out of the pod, and it is it is mostly spherical. Uh, it is about three, maybe four feet across. Uh, it's it's metallic. It's silver in color with some areas of uh, red and uh, sort of like on, on the bottom of the, of, of the sphere shape there, are, there is like another small sphere um, on one side and another small sphere on the other side so it's like it's like a ball and then on the bottom half of the ball there's like two more like hemispheres coming out of the bottom of it so, so the ball's got balls got it yep. and uh, on the top there is something that's sort of like a thick round disc that is kind of on the top of it and uh the object comes comes floating out of the pod and stops and then the part at the top kind of raises up and you see these two square eyes and uh, a voice says greetings my name is vincent i'm caretaker of the spelljammer and leader of the shivox how may i be of assistance You're not what was described, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Didn't say he had a head. Janie, can I'm expecting you something size? a little more leathery and tentacly. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of speak to Janie and, and to Vincent. Can you see if the ship is um, wild space worthy? Is it ready to travel? Is there work that needs to be done before that? Do you, do you say that to Janie? I do. Because okay. I, I didn't know with her awareness of the ship if she'd be able to feel like, oh, I can make it fly, I can make it hyper jump, like you know, whatever else, right? But you know, uh, I, Vin- Vincent says, Vincent says, uh, the ship is at one hundred percent capacity and it is ready to go. I assume that it it uh, constructed me because it has a new pilot, and I see that you are wearing the crown. Was that how that works? Hey. I say, Vincent, what, what is the nominal crew of fellow Shivak that you would normally have available to help you with operating the ship once we start traveling? Perhaps maybe a hundred Shivak. How much time do you need to make that? Mm, perhaps a couple of days. Okay. More to the point, is there any particular reason why the ship would have directed us here other than to find you? I think it was to find me. All right. Mission accomplished. Let's go get something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I All day, at... I'm hungry. So, so I feel... Sarah, Vincent? you get a, you, 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 you get a sense that this is what the ship wanted you to find. You... Vincent, can, can yeah. you... Have you been with the ship for its entire existence? I was just constructed 
um, for you in this moment. Oh. So you don't know anything about the, the history of the ship and who was here before us? Give me a moment. Accessing. You hear like these computer sounds and stuff like that going around inside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and, it and Vincent says, uh, I, have a, I have a complete record of the history of the Spelljammer. What would you like to know? That's a long history. That's a long record. <laughs> um, what kind of information in the history is there on... Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> wars. Wars. Accessing. Here's some computer sounds. Um, Vincent, uh, essentially, he goes into a story where he tells you about the fact that over the like millennia upon millennia that the ship has been around, um, that it has been taken over by like mind flares and um, and beholders, and you know, like every imaginable race you could think of, has had a uh, ruling position on the ship at one time or another. And um, you hear about like some um, beholders, basically, like usually they are very um, isolated and they think that they're like the most important beholder in the whole world and they want to kill other beholders. And like he tells you a story about there being a population of them on the ship that eventually wind up fighting each other and killing each other. (laughs) And Uh, so it ended up empty. (laughs) Yeah, essentially. I love it. (laughs) Of course. Of course it was beholders. Of course. course. Uh, But I mean, that was just one period in its history. You know, I mean, he he tells you a couple more uh, series of things about like when the mind flayers controlled it and when they had um, the the Gith as slaves, which is the Gith Yankee and the Gith Zirai, um, when they had them as slaves on the ship at one point. and it talks about basically how like a war broke out between the Gith uh, and the Mind Flayers, which led to eventually the ship uh, once again being alone. Uh, it, it uh, Vincent, he's basically going back um, in history to what is the most relevant because he tells you that he could be sitting here for like the next hundred years t- telling yeah. you about all of this. Um, but essentially, like like going going, going the furthest back in time, um, it was it was the Beholders. And then, and then the next closest one was the mind flayers in the Gith, and then the most recent one. The way he describes it to you, the map that you have from Jorn's laboratory, when he's describing it, it's obvious that the population that was here in the most recent um, civilization is what Jorn was able to, to track in his map. And he tells you that 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 uh, population on the ship was wiped out by a magical um, sickness. That came on in the ship, and everybody died from a magical sickness. Uh, do we need to uh, like observe any quarantine protocols or anything here? <laughs> uh, Vincent says, "No, that was more than two thousand years ago, and there is All no right. there's no reason That's to be concerned." Pathogens last that long. All right. Uh, do you have any idea what what point on the ship that illness originated at? Or are your logs that detailed? Accessing. No. <laughs> I, I was trying to find a good thing. Arvin would want to know why, and she would figure that if, if we knew more, a more detailed location, that perhaps Matisse's vision could fill in where the logs don't 
have the info. I don't think explaining well, to him why is going to change his answer. Well, more, more than the, uh, the immediate uh, issue is that most of the people, it sounds like at least most of the recent peoples that have populated the ship, uh, ended up dying by either wiping themselves out or some kind of or disease. freak accident. Right. right. Yeah. It's not like they took the ship off to battle and everybody died. Mm. More is the pity. Uh, <laughs> so I guess the question is, what do we do now? We have a ship. We have a bunch Does of tentacled faced uh, doodle heads coming after us. We don't know if they're going to be able to find us. Do we stay? Do we go? Uh, I mean, I would argue we stay at least two days to allow the ship to be fully crewed. Yeah, yeah, right. But- um, so did Janie get a sense when she was getting her full bearings of the ship? The ship actually has defense mechanisms. Well, well I know we have laser cannons. Yeah. Big freaking right. lasers. I forgot. I almost forgot about that. But uh... <laughs> right. I, I mean, I mean, you get a sense that that the ship is innately peaceful, but um, it, it has it has some defensive capabilities to protect itself in case it needs to. Um, you don't think you, you kind of get this intuition that the lasers on the tower. Uh, were added at some point in its history by by people that were populating it, um, but That's you do, it didn't have much control over it. But but you do know that basically, like in the section in the front of the ship where the eyes are, that it has very powerful lasers that it can shoot out of the front of the ship. And you also know that it's very fast, and you don't think that it often has to really even defend itself when it can just travel away at high speed, and also. You all know that it can plane shift, so we can just like be like, "Oh, I'm in danger! I go like, from the elemental plane of water to to the astral sea, or something." I blink okay. in, I blink out, I blink in, I blink yeah. out. All right. Well, I suggest we uh, go find something to eat, sit down, and discuss what we want to do, what our next move is going to be. Because, like I said, we still have people that are looking for us. But it's questionable as to whether or not they'll be able to find us out here. But we obviously mm-hmm. can't stay here forever. We can't stay here because eventually my worry would be that the, those people are going to start going after anyone that they know that we're associated with. And if they burn down my shop, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I fear for the rock. I fear for the Star Runner. Uh, I, I feel, feel fear, fear for, for my Earl. parents. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Screw your parents! No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Janie would never say that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, Greg, Greg, I was thinking after the last session that, like, I, I described a situation uh, where you saw a petrified Umberhulk and some arrows on the ground. And I thought that you that might be a spot where you would use um, Memory of a Thousand Lifetimes. Because uh, it's, it's obvious that something happened there. Uh, it's just but, one I mean, of those things that clicks, though. Yeah, I mean, I know that. I mean, that the the power doesn't always jump at the front of your mind when you when you're in situations like that. Um, I mean, is is there anywhere on the ship that you would like to go? Do you remember any of the th- locations that we talked about last time, where you might want to use th- your power? Um, I don't even have the map of the ship. Arvine would probably me. ask <laughs> if Matisse could go try it at the captain's tower because it seems like that would be the command point where like if, if something made 
everything on the ship sick a thousand years ago, whenever it was. That would be her highest concern, is that we don't plane jump back somewhere else and potentially get more people on this thing and then have the same thing happen. Uh, Vincent is pretty adamant that there's no danger of, of any illness. Uh, I mean, well, sometimes Matisse things reasons, Matisse reasons that um, it seems like from the collection of people that have been on, uh, I'm not talking in my Matisse voice, it seems like the people that have been on this ship have been people that haven't been particularly peaceful and perhaps maybe that was the ship's way of controlling that and cleansing that negative energy maybe which we all know how energy works and how um, you know goodness triumphs over evil so to speak but heartburn does our well our arvine would be in agreement on that because arvine probably knows enough of matisse's history to know that D- diva have a strong belief about that going through their reincarnation cycles and mm-hmm. if they live bad lives they eventually reincarnate as something else so so matisse, oh i totally get that matisse what, doesn't yeah. agree but i totally get that what what, what is what is matisse uh, suggesting again and in, in, uh, in, in, in like simpler terms greg uh, that maybe the ship had something to do with the magical sickness. Okay. Um, Janie, you don't think that's the case at all? Okay. I've, I've been in pretty close convene with with the ship, and, and it doesn't seem like it, it would do anything like that. You feel like I, that, that would make the ship very sad, actually. I will put it, my tasty foot in my mouth. It feels huh? like the ship just wants to be loved and live in peace. I mean, it seems very much like the four of us. I mean, hey, I, I can't disagree with the idea, Matisse, that uh, the ship would obviously want to maintain order of some kind. But yeah, maybe order's not. Order is not that the right way. word, brother. I know you only think in military terms, but I think we should move about. I will keep my, I will keep my connection with the ship. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Well, why don't we go back to where we found those bodies just so we can I can see what happened. Maybe that'll jog something. Okay. Hey, a uh, secondary this. first person account would probably be useful. <laughs> sure. mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So so where are you going back to, Greg? Um, where you suggested. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the place with the Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That was back, um, yeah, it was back Reno, something like that. Yeah. So, so we're rewinding everything back to that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Matisse casts her awareness back into time, and you see, uh, you see a battle uh, with a Medusa, and oh. with uh, a bunch of. Um, Oh, crap, who is it that uses the Umber Hulks? I, th- I think it's thanks to Dugar. Um, we'll just say that, sure. Mm-hmm. It's 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 uh, the 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 Dugar dwarves, and yeah, they have dwarves. Yes. Yeah, you're um, wrong. The... You just triggered our first hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
hate mail. I'm going to say that the Duragar in this instance were using armor hulks, regardless of whether that is canon or not. Um, <laughs> and, and it is what you say it is. And they were basically trying to fight off this Medusa, and you know they they they, they had an armor hulk with them, and the Medusa uses a bow and arrow as well as its petrifying gaze, and it essentially you know the the Duragar were smart enough to avoid the gaze of of the Medusa and eventually take it down, but the Amber Hulk is not all that bright. <laughs> and essentially it, it got it got petrified by the Medusa. Um but but the Dugar eventually did um defeat the the Medusa. And and that is that is something that you that Matisse sees that um it doesn't sound like it was a part of any of the civilizations that, that Vincent described thus far. So so you were going back um a a, a very long way. And uh, typically your power doesn't quite work that way. You know, you basically kind of start with the most recent event going backward in time. And it only, it only extends back so many years. Um, so this is something that you were able to get a sense of that is far beyond the capacity that you normally get from that power. And you don't really know why. Oh. Almost like the ship might be amplifying it. Well, I, I tell them that there was a would it be called a gorgon or is it just Medusa? yeah yeah it's a gorgon you can call it either one okay that there was a gorgon on the ship and that uh, a complement was trying to battle it hence the petrification and it ends up they did triumph but at great cost to them mm. in the end and uh, I say that the vision, though, seems real far beyond what I would normally see, and I'm not sure why why that happened. Mm. When you Vincent, say- does any of this sound familiar? Is Vincent with us? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, you guys still are on the Shivak terminal? Uh, no, I thought we left to go go we to this the spot. We, we went to, to the spot. combat. Tower. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, you went there. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, we, we, we we can say that Vincent went with you, but I mean he needs to go and start the process of the of the Shabbat construction at some point. But we can say he's there right now, sure. Yeah. All right. Does any of that sound familiar, there, Vincent? Accessing. <laughs> we really need him to confirm. Matisse is never wrong. No, I'm just wondering how long it, ago it was. He, because... said, he says. Uh, he says yes. That that, um, that that is in that is in my memory record. That happened approximately six thousand years ago. 6,000. Okay, and there have been a few people Whoa. on here since then, so whatever it was is not a, again, it's probably not something lingering around we need to worry about. And I will tell you that I do not see that far in the past. No, you, no, you don't. No, that's, that's a bit of a Making record. your power you. much more directed than it normally is. 6,000 years is an awful long time. Um, you've never flipped that far back, have you? No. No. No, not ever in um, my time of living. Uh, Janie, can you ask the ship I if it's amplifying Matisse's powers? Was trying to find a way to word it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Arvine would ask. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on your thought process. <laughs> <laughs> um. It, it seems to me um, <coughs> um, so she's actually gonna 
basically think the way that she would if she was talking to one of them. Actually, maybe she'll just say it like she's speaking to Matisse. <laughs> um, so she'll open up the passageway to Matisse, but assume that the ship could hear it too. Um, that it, it, it seems to me that the, the powers that we all have might be quite stronger here. Do you know anything about that? And see if she gets any emotion back from that. Okay. Um, what was it you were saying about about your telepathy? I just want to make sure I understand that. Well, typically she can only open up to one person. So I guess she'll, she'll use it and try to speak directly to the ship. Okay. Okay. Uh, I had to work through that in my head. Sorry. That's uh, no, okay. Sure. Uh, you, you, I mean, you get a sense that, that, that the ship um, comprehends what it is that you're saying. Okay. And you sort of get this, um, you sort of get this, this uh, again. It's kind of like this, this, this warm feeling of acknowledgement, where I can't really come right out and say it, um, but 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 it, but it is a is a positive um, feeling of emotion that that you believe is the ship communicating that that yes, what Matisse is experiencing has something to do with the ship. Um, is it be- okay? Is is it because uh, Matisse's abilities are connected to emotions? Do you run on emotions? Uh, again, you kind of get the warm um, feeling of confirmation. Matisse, I think I, I think because your abilities are tied to such strong emotions. And you're looking back based on emotions. The ship is able to amplify it. Oh, that is very... I've never in my life have experienced anything like that. That is very incredible, to say the least. The ship is incredible. You're pretty, you're pretty sure that that wouldn't work if, if he was off the ship. But Yeah. <laughs> well, I, Matisse would think that herself. She'd be like, yeah. uh... I don't see how that would be possible. <laughs> you, could, you could like take an hour every day to like look back into the history of the ship. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like five minutes for every hundred years back or something, right? So, something like that. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 now it's all skewed because of yeah. the spell jammer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna reach into my pack and pull out some rations and eat them. Drax <laughs> is getting hungry. Angry. Yes, Drax is hangry. Okay, At this point, I'm sorry. What is the ship feeling about Strax being such a <laughs> curmudgeonly obnoxious man? The ship's, the ship's just hungry. And being rude. <laughs> How rude. Or does the ship like that Janie loves her brother so much? <laughs> uh, again, you know, direct communication is hard. It's hard to always know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just like this. Connection to the ship. Okay. Um, I just found the float, the folding boat in my inventory, and I had to delete it. Yeah. <laughs> the floating boat is gone. The folding, was, the floating uh, boat. The folding boat. boat. That, was, that was utterly destroyed. <laughs> I'm, I'm still sore about that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 
Well, back on the ranch. <laughs> yeah. While we're eating, uh, Janie, I've got another question. Like, if you have awareness of all the creatures on the ship, then does it give you a means to communicate with things that you where you wouldn't normally share a language? I don't like, know. Hal can speak to any of us, right? If we're on the Star Runner. Uh, you're sure. You're sure that you can speak to anybody on the ship like we do. Our on tied the- up, our tied up Sauhagen friend, who now we could finally figure out if they were just here for a joyride or. Oh yeah. Yeah. All forgot I mean, about him. If we're about uh, to leave this plane, him. you left him alive. Just a joyride. Oh yeah, no, I, we're I'm still not, carrying him. Arvina is not a fan of executions for no reason, so she would not let I, you. Like, I think Matisse is still carrying him. She would try to sneak the poor thing <laughs> out and set is. it free before yes. she'd let people just kill it. <laughs> My shoulder. I, I don't know. Cold. I could try, <laughs> and I'll uh, do whatever I've figured out I can do, and see if I can talk to it. I pour some water on it to wake it up. <laughs> you're, you're trying to verbally communicate with the Sahagan? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you say to the Sahagan? Um, I- excuse me? It, can you understand me now? It, it looks a little bit confused at first, and it, it, it's, it speaks in this um, sort of warbly, broken common. And uh, it, it says to you, uh, yes, I can, but nobody hears that except for you. The rest of you hear Sahagan. But, Jane, but, but, <laughs> but, but, but Janie, yeah, you, you, hear, you hear a somewhat distorted uh, warbly common say to you, uh, yes, yes, I can understand. Whoa. Um, I'm sorry about your friends. We just don't like being shot at. Push Um, push buttons. Beam go everywhere. Yeah, I like pushing buttons too. Sometimes I blow things up. Can, can, (laughs) Can I go to water? Oh. <laughs> How did you end up here? Uh, exploring surface water, sea big ship. Curious. Is the, is the water usually your home? Do you just live here? In in water, yes. In the water? Yes. Will you cause any trouble if we let you go? Uh, not to inhabitants of ship. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry that we hurt any of your friends. It is way of nature. Oh. I'm sorry. Alright, so we're going to have to kill him now? No, <laughs> he's fine. Uh, he just wants to go back home. They came here accidentally, just looking around. Wanted guess- to play with lasers, you can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I've put him down, so he's down. Okay, so, so he's, I, on the, uh, he's on the ground, tied up. <laughs> so Arvin asks, yeah, she waits to see I, what you did. I escort him over to the water and and use... Um... Fireball? That's terrible. Why would you do that? Oh, no, you know? I don't use fireball. <laughs> oh do, do you use scissors? Scissors to oh. cut... 
You've got spell a spell scissors. Um, I was looking at what I have. My God, you guys are terrible. Murder. She wanted, she wanted <laughs> to make it all stylistic and stuff. You goober. We don't even know if she can cast spells. I'm right not now. trying to kill the frogs, so I love. Oh, can she? Question. I don't know. We have yet. to test that. I I'm trying to see what cantrips might be effective on untying him. Um, dagger is effective. I just use my lasers <laughs> in order to cut dagger. the ropes. You don't have a dagger? I don't have a dagger. I'm um, going to have to get you a dagger. Dagger's Batiste, a hand. Batiste says that she cuts the rope, so she just cuts the rope. It's fine. Okay. Okay. You know what? And Actually, I say, go ahead. I've got, a whole bunch of, I've got a whole bunch of stuff in my bag, and I've got fabricate. I can make you a dagger. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that right now. Because my only, one track mine. That's my only fourth level <laughs> spell slot, so... <laughs> are you quite done no <laughs> but you go ahead <laughs> oh I wasn't quite done yet but you go ahead <laughs> I told you all that is totally him <laughs> that meme was drawn in a nutshell yeah. <clears throat> um, so yeah we we let him go okay jumps back in the water jumps back in the water yep. swims away cool all right. Well, at least I if he comes back, I think we can manage We should it. see. Um, I, I use the ship to see if um, Vincent mm-hmm. has uh, cooked up the cook yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, he hasn't started the process of, of initiating the ship box yet because he went with you guys. Oh, right. Uh, In my mind, I was like, us. why would we take him with us? Let him Ma- do what he needs to Ma- do. Matisse, um, <laughs> Matisse asks Janie. Cheney, is there a tavern on this ship? Our city? Do we know? Accessing. <laughs> <laughs> is there a tavern on the ship? I don't. Well, there's like a market. Uh, I mean, there, there, there is basically uh, there's there's um there is a, a, a spot in the city where essentially they have kitchens and dining rooms. There's not necessarily a tavern per se, but there are lots of different places where you can um, have have food. Yeah. Okay. Well, question is I whether or not there's food there. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, I suggest we go see if there's something to eat there. Are there replicators? Okay. Um, so you Fish. go... So so you... Actually, let me, let me look at my... Uh, Are we going to let Steve go? Oh, excuse me, Vincent. I don't, know, I, I don't know why I'm suddenly wanting to call him Steve. <laughs> I'm Kyle. thinking he's the guy from the Black Hole movie from Disney. Yes, Greg. Good job. Good job. <laughs> oh, that's what I thought too. I was thinking of the little uh, Maximilian and the other robots that are shaped yes, like that. Uh, Maximilian. That's exactly. Is... Good job, Greg. Maximilian is not a nice robot, so we might run into him. He's the bad robot, but what was the good one? I forget. No, but 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 Vincent kicked his ass though. Yes. So. Oh, Vincent was. Oh, literally. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Okay, that's so long since I've seen that movie. Yes, that, that, that's what Greg was saying, honey. Was that was that? It's Vincent from Black Hole. Now, okay, she, I, 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 I'm half. Take you all's word for it. I never see that the movie. kitchen, so I, I missed some snippets of what he said. <laughs> There's a cat um, on my notepad. I can't take notes. So, so yes, you you, you go to like we'll say the um, there the, the, there's like a human, um, uh, human collective, and you basically find a dining area there, and there is basically like a. Uh, there is a full stocked uh, larder in there. 
Here's wow. Strax. Did here's your did, food. Sorry, I, I just want to be clear on this point. Did we let Vincent go to yes, do his thing? I okay. have asked Vincent to go start. <laughs> okay. So, so he's starting okay. on the const- on the construction Pushing of the Pushing out the crew. Go <laughs> <laughs> oh, birth the crew. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that happens and you and you get food and um, Oh good. That's <laughs> so so are you um, waiting a couple of days until the shivbox have been constructed? This, this is pretty tasty food for being a couple thousand years old. <laughs> it's obviously not old. Stasis yeah. magic. That's cool. <laughs> Well, perhaps Strax crazy. needs a uh, nice bit of lager to wash down his uh, amazing food. I'm, I'm thinking Matisse does, find too. find him tiring? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I was hoping that he'd get drunk, and then he'd be much more quiet. <sighs> I've always envisioned Strax as a bit of an angry drunk. Oh, no way. No? <laughs> <Really? laughs> How rude. How rude. Okay, are you doing anything over the course of the days that the Shabbox are constructed? Anything in particular? Besides getting long rests? Meditation. Getting, Arvine, yeah, Arvine, yeah, Arvine you get some long rests. I would Arvine, like... Go ahead, Strax. Go ahead. I was going to say, I, I would, of course, be concerned as to whether or not Janie could actually cast any of her leveled spells. So I would test that at some point. Janie, do you yeah, test that? I, I would like to test my spell casting ability, yes. With okay. the crown on. Okay. Um, it is very similar to what you've experienced on um, the Star Runner and the Sky Coach, which is that you don't have access to your um, to your uh, abilities. Okay. Um, even cantrips. Uh, cantrips, you do. Just cantrips. Okay. Yeah. But... And recover that last level of exhaustion, by the way. Which which actually is different because if you're normally when you pilot, you don't have access to any magic at all. Right. But you do have access to your cantrips, so that that's okay. a little bit different. That's good. And oh, yes, our exhaustion will be gone. Yeah, your exhaustion will be gone. Yep. Okay, good. I um, laughed really hard when they started talking about exhaustion making a big difference in your game Wednesday night. Uh, yeah. Oh, Kate. that's kind of part of what inspired me using that as part of my <laughs> skill challenge because someone had, had just used it. Yeah. Us. <laughs> for, for our listeners, Kate and Sarah and I were just on a cross promotion with Ullman Rolling Dice where we created one-shot adventures based on some pictures and Kate had exhaustion and part of her her 30-minute one-shot that or the, the one-shot that she made during those 30 minutes when we were all uh, feverishly making one-shots. <laughs> what was the name of the podcast you were on? Prep or Die. Uh, well, it, it was on Twitch. It was on uh, Goodman Games' official oh. Twitch station okay. and it was with Ullman Rolling Dice and the the episode was the called what was called Prepper Die. Prepper Die. Yeah. Prepper Die. Yeah. Ah. Yep. Okay. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> um I somewhere in those two days our RV would ask to test the experiment of like whether if we're communicating with you telepathically if we can say things to the ship and have the ship hear and understand. Okay. And uh, Matisse uh, would also try to see if she could also make some kind of connection with the ship. Not, you know, to say as Janie with the crown, but I think all of us in our way want to try to assure the ship that we're not enemies, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, I mean you get a pretty good sense from Janie that, that um, over the course of the couple of days that the, um, 
that the ship doesn't feel any danger from from any of you. Yeah. And um, what, what was it that you were trying to do, Janie and 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 Arvine, with the telepathic communication? Arvine was trying to discern if she talks to me telepathically if the ship will hear it. Yeah, I asked. I would ask Janie to let me speak telepathically with her. And um, then, so the two of you talk back and forth using Janie's telepathy. I I would actually talk to Janie, but I would actually be talking to the ship, and I would try to say hello, uh, ship. I don't know if you have a name other than the Spelljammer. It's nice to meet you. Um, and then just try to see if Janie gets any response that indicates that the ship could hear that or understand, because it's going into her mind. Uh, so yeah I guess it would be basically whatever Janie would be feeling as a result of what you're saying to her the ship would know what she was feeling it's okay. it's not really uh, as a direct communication as you might as you might like okay. but like if, if you were communicating um, something hostile to Janie and she was getting upset the ship would know that Janie was upset mm-hmm and that probably wouldn't have good ramifications. <laughs> <laughs> I have a ship. <laughs> I would actually like to go check out the mini spell jammers during uh, the the small jammers. Yeah, the small jammers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, essentially, they they function much the same way as a spell jammer. Uh, they have um, crowns that you can wear to pilot them. And some of them are single craft, and some of them are like small ships that can that can um, have like maybe thirty or forty crew members on it. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they they kind of vary in size. Some you think could maybe do like twenty, and some can maybe do like sixty. Um, but you definitely you 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 can explore the gardens, which is in the, which is sort of like in the core of the ship, and and you see areas where the small jammers are being birthed out of, out of sacks in the garden. And then they kind of come out and they go along the wing. Yeah. Yep. Arvine would have seriously maternal protector feels. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> out of curiosity, are, are the small jammers like everything else with the crowns? Can they only be piloted by casters? Would Arvine be able to figure that out or ask Janie if she can figure <clears throat> it out? Because one would be the only ones who couldn't pilot a ship <laughs> <laughs> based on that logic um, if you want to get into one of the small jammers and put on a crown um, sure you could you could you could certainly try it she tested out the first she tested out the first day holds out a crown <laughs> better now than than in the, in the future when we in really the heat of battle yeah. <laughs> okay so so you, so you you're able to discern fairly quickly that the the larger of the small jammers the ones that can fit more like a more like a crew they require sort of a traditional magic user uh to pilot um but these single occupant um small jammers don't need to have a magic using person in them to pilot them okay do do the two types of small jammers have weapons to defend themselves and or help defend the ship? Yeah, it's it's a very similar kind of configuration to the to the small jammer where they basically have a couple of forward lasers that come out of the eyes. Yes, X-rays. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do not have any lasers on the wings because that was constructed no. in the tower. <laughs> 
still though uh, we, uh, we were told to that that was not an oem part therefore it is not genetically relevant to the babies yeah. strictly <laughs> aftermarket does uh chris do i figure out if by piloting one of the smaller ships like, like besides just learning the controls which arvin would want to do mm-hmm. Um, does it sap her resources in any way if she were to have to like land and then fight on foot in a hurry? No, she's not a caster. It's not like a, okay. Awesome. No, no, and and there, and there is um, there is also an emotional connection, um, communication yeah. that happens through the helm of whatever ship it is that you're testing. Okay, it's yours now. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like riding a horse, but you have more of like an emotional, direct emotional connection. Arvine now feels very attached to her ship and reassures that that she's going to do everything in her power to keep everyone safe. Okay. You think Um, it it feels reassured? (laughs) 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 Let us have our mom moments, god damn it. (laughs) John with the eye rolls over. (laughs) Nah, John's just waiting for his turn. (laughs) John going to get in a ship? Drax is in a reaction with his crap. (laughs) Well, hey, if you, if if Suddenly, seems... one of the spell jammers gets very sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what does it do? Um, does it fly? It's back very angry. <laughs> I mean, if, if Strax sees Arvine able to fly one of the single occupants, he probably would also give it a try, but that wouldn't be his primary concern. Uh, he has okay. two other primary concerns. One, um, even though they are not OEM equipment, he would att- uh, see what he can do about. Uh, figure out how to use the laser turrets. Uh, okay. See if, if it can use uh, one or both, or if they're linked up, or if they're completely independent, or even just figure out how to use the thing well, in can, case he needs can to. Janie control them? Um, uh, no, I probably not, because like I said, they're not. Oh, I don't know. It's up to Chris. Uh, <laughs> it's up do to you, Chris. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do, you, do you try to sh- use the, your connection to the helm to shoot the lasers on the wings? Yeah, why not? Uh, it, it works. Okay. Okay then. Put one resource you don't have to manage then, Strax. So that's why I asked. That's all. All right. That's all. That's fine. If, if, if I can if shoot Jamie's laser big, beams with my mind, then I don't lasers. need uh, you fireballs. Got <laughs> <laughs> you got eye lasers. You got wing lasers. Do you have ass lasers? Oh, oh no. Because <laughs> there, there might be something coming. I got ass something, but there, there, that's there, not there for you no, to find out. There, there are no ass lasers. On the, spell, okay. on the spell jammer, it does not have ass lasers. Okay. So, uh, second concern <laughs> is uh, Matisse would be keeping an eye on Janie for signs of strain from extended use of the crown. Is she getting more fatigued than normal? Is she suddenly have sunken oh, eyes? And... He does care. Just not out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Jackson in a nutshell. Uh, well, I mean, Gina, do you wear the crown nonstop for two days? Do you sleep with it on? Or do I you... haven't talked about taking it off. So, okay. I, I mean, there's no reason that you need to have it on all the time, but if you do, um, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't seem to really affect you in any kind of an adverse way. Okay. Um, okay. So you, you just kind of wake up the next day and you don't have access to your magic other than your candles. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So Strax is not noticing anything in particular about that. Nope. Nope. Okay. Just that That's they don't good. seem to be doing anything but small magic. Right. Mm-hmm. If any magic at all. 
Which, since Drax knows how regular spell jammers work, doesn't seem off to you. Him. Yeah. No. I mean, he's curious since we're on the spell jammer. Um, if there would be any information about how spell jammer information got leaked out into, you know, the regular spell jammer technology, but it would be low. It'd be uh, low priority to just figuring out the general, you know, making sure everybody's the, the, the uh, that the ship is safe. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, in the couple of days that you're there, it's 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 obvious that everything that Janie said is true. That that it is a it is a benevolent creature. Um, it wants to peacefully coexist with the people that are um, that are living on the ship, and you know it, it, it's it's had it's dealt with a great deal of loss over, over, over the eons um, with all the the, the 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 civilizations that came and went, and uh, you know it, it just it always longs just to be to, to to have like a a group of people to take care of it and to take care of um, um, each other. Uh, yeah, of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some symbiotic relationship. Okay. Ooh, symbiotic. Like All right. It'd probably take a couple of days, but Strass could maybe start to begin to trust the ship a little bit. <laughs> uh, Matisse is talking to the party about the crew of the Star Runner and how maybe we should be trying to figure out and find them so that they could be on the ship too if they chose to, mm-hmm. as yeah. well as, you know finding out what's going on in the larger outside world of where well, we are. I would assume that the crew of the ship would be able to part. live here no problem with us. Um, I That's would, if they choose to. If they choose to. Because um, we do still have a mission to finish, which is right. to hopefully rid ourselves of the ill fit empire. Um the Star Runner crew is currently at Garanoth, um, where you guys went into the portal to Sigil, and you told them to basically, you know, stay within like a couple of days of the planet and keep coming back. Um, so as far as you know, that's where they are. They're still at that planet. Mm-hmm. So we'll probably, kind of, ha- yeah, we should probably go pick them up. Patrolling in that area, I, I agree. Um, I would want to double check with Vincent that. It is possible for a regular spell jamming ship to dock on Spelljammer. Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's, there, I mean, the ship is large enough that, um, I mean, essentially, it's it's very comparable to the size of the Rock of Brawl. Okay. And and it has uh, the, um, the landing strips where the small jammers are. There, there aren't so many of them that they take up the entire thing. I mean, I mean, you could have like a fleet of ships. Um, from yeah, outside. I just didn't know if they're like only constructed to hold small jammers or like. No, no, no. It, it's a, it's a pretty generic landing strip. I mean, any ship can come and dock there. Okay, cool. Um, Good. So it's free docking. Arvine would ask if, like, given the power of travel that the spell jammer has, like, do you have any ability with your senses to detect other things in other planes now? Like, if you wanted to jump us, like, to the location of the Star Runner, could you have it seek it out and find it? Um, you, Janie thinks that if she um, did some sort of combination of either speaking out loud to the ship or putting the imagery in her head, um, that she could convey a destination for the ship to go. You're, you're pretty sure that you could do that. 
I mean, not just like a destination, but like an object or like, like say the, the Star Runner that could be at different points, depending on where it is. Because we told the Star Runner to go on like a random patrol and stop back through that one planet every Well, I'm not going to be able to see exactly where it is because I don't know right now. Right. She, she, she can't, she can't tell the, the, the spell jammer to go to the, to go to the Star Runner and it's going to go there. Okay, that's that's what I wanted to clarify because I didn't know if that was. It has a lot of power that's beyond, far beyond the scope of what we would normally see. So that's right. why Arvin wanted. To well, I mean, to be clear, that the way the plane shift, yeah. the way the plane shift spell works, which in this particular instance, um, where you are now to go to where the Star Runner is, um, you could specify something like, you know. I'm, you, you could tell the spelljammer, I want to leave the elemental plane of water. I want to go to um, to wild space and the prime material plane um, to the location of the star runner. And the way the plane shift spell works is it would is, is it would put you somewhere in proximity to the destination. Mm-hmm. Um, you could also see the planet Garanath on the prime material plane in wild space, and it would put you in approximation to there. Now, okay. now, like if now once you're on the prime material plane, uh, and you want to go somewhere, it doesn't plane shift. It, it plane shift only okay. works from one plane to another. Okay, I'm asking um, because we, we've encountered some powers that are different and beyond that, and Arvin would also be thinking of Galmor, the arcane who we met. Yeah, who, and, and how he left us with a device that wherever we were, if mm-hmm. we activated it, he would be able to. Uh, and transport us. you back to that specific um, pad. Yeah, but yeah. It, but it, it would still work no matter where we were, which is so. This is a little bit of a different flavor. Okay, all right. Just just trying to see if the if the if the spell jammer had any power that was comparable to that. I guess and it sounds like it, it's a little different. So thank you for clarifying. Yeah, it doesn't work the same way. Okay. Can the small jammers plane shift? They cannot. Oh darn. That would have been useful. <laughs> oh well. Mm-hmm. All right. Because um, I'm thinking, if we're gonna go back and get the rest of the crew, if we just pop back in there, who else are we gonna find waiting for us? I'd rather not pop right back into the middle hey, of the fleet of enemies. We could flee in a hurry, based on what we know of the ship. If we have to, I mean, I guess there, there's another. Moral quandary here, and I, Janie, I had meant to ask you this earlier, but can you speak emotionally with the ship? And I mean, you've told it our history, so it knows about our loss. I'm assuming it broadly knows of the Illithid Empire. If the ship has its own feelings and its own agency, is it okay with being used as a weapon to potentially stop the Illithid Empire? Um. Yeah, I, I, w- really... I would I would definitely try to convey those questions um, and probably stress the fact that the Illithids seem to be trying to find it specifically for power. Um, you, you get the emotional um, awareness from the ship that, you know, it would protect itself against a threat such as the Illithid Empire. And well, that, it's had experience with them before. Yeah. Um, specifically. Yeah, I mean, it, it would protect itself. And uh, if if directed by 
if, if directed by someone who was controlling the ship to try to protect others, you think that it would probably um, be okay with it. I mean, feel would... regret over that. Like, it's it's you're not you're not really sure. Um, I mean, I think you... regrets the right like um, disdain, hesitation. I don't know. I think sometimes I feel, though... I, I'm thinking more like when when a kid gets told by their parent to do something and they feel you know. Ugh, grudging. I can't you made me do that. Yeah, like hold a grudge about it. Like I can't believe you made me do that. It's against my nature. Like Irene, Irene wouldn't want to force it to kill if it would be emotionally traumatized by doing so. Right? That, that's instead we'll just emotionally traumatize all the little little jammers. <laughs> just make the kids Tigers. go through the PTSD. It's no big deal. <laughs> it's babies can handle it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think the only way I can really think to say it is, is that is that it's not beyond the realm of possibility that the ship has had to defend itself before, mm-hmm. and that if it has a rapport with with the pilot, um, you think that it would follow orders, and um, you don't really know to what extent that it would. You, you don't think resentment is a part of its makeup um you think it's conceivable that it might not uh enjoy certain things but that you know it will definitely kill in self-defense if somebody is trying to destroy the ship it would it would use that you think that it would want to protect others much as it wants to protect its crew Mm -hmm. um so you really only have your instincts to go on as far as as far as that goes okay so I basically get the sense that as long as the ship is trusting its leader, it's probably going to be fine. Yeah. That okay. Intentions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, then on to more immediate concerns. How? Food? Well, now food we can't got taken care of. Thank you for that. Uh, but how are we going to pick up our crew? We're going. I go, mean, it's easy gonna, easy enough to easy enough to jump in there. We're going to go back to the plane that they're in, and we're going to find them. Yeah, right. I mean, it, we're fast enough, at least it seems that if we encounter trouble, hopefully we can outrun it. Should we uh, pop in maybe a system away or whatever? Whatever they want to call it. We we told uh, the the Star Runner to patrol, you know, the surrounding planets and not just stay in one spot. Right. I'm just thinking maybe we should just pop in a little distance away and then fly it. We were just told that it's going to. If we ask to go to such and such plane, I can't remember what plane they're in, but in wild space, it we're going to go to the Star Runner. All right, name, right. Some <laughs> someplace material plane. Someplace approximate. Going approximate. to be approximately in the same vicinity, and at that point, uh-huh. it's just up to me to pilot the ship until we find them. Okay. So fine. that's what I say we do. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds um, pretty straightforward to me. <laughs> all right. I'm just thinking. I don't. Well, well. Well, if, if we pop if there's into an a militant mil- ship when we if if there's a giant Nautilus ship when we get there, which is going to look tiny in comparison to what we're on. I guess we'll just have to shoot. All right. We yeah. we're going to be in proximity to Hal at that point. We say, "Hey, get on the giant ship and let's go." <laughs> or we just shoot the thing. All right. 
yeah, or the battle begins. Like, I think that that's a chance we're going to have to take at this point. Sorry, I'm getting like really animated (laughs) into it. (laughs) Um, One thing that Janie also has an understanding of is um, that the ship can't just plane shift at will. It basically has a recharge. Okay. You're not exactly sure how long, but you're pretty sure that it's probably measured in a matter of days. Okay, so I'll take that back. We're not just going to be like blip blip, but if we get there and there's and you know poops hitting the fan, (laughs) we have a giant ship, and we're still incredibly fast. With laser beams, even if we can't plane shift, we can outrast. Yeah, Yeah. I mean. (laughs) Worst case, we get to the Star Runner as fast as we can and get them on board and get them Oof. in spell, you know, small jammers. And... But that would mean we'd be running away. <laughs> you know Fight how much I hate that. Fight You know what? We'd be running away in the ship that they want. Yeah. What well, better way it... to give them a middle finger? By shooting them with the ship that they want. Exactly. And then running away. <laughs> and then running away. If we have to. <sighs> Last resort, buddy. Last resort, brother. <laughs> you know I don't like to run from a fight. Yeah, especially when it comes right. to sticking up for the people that we've lost. Yeah, I know. I always remember well, we to have, say... We have to do something. Our, we have to take a chance. Yeah, this is... That was the whole point of this whole mission. Well, I'm not saying we don't do any of that. Jeez, I'm just wanting to prepare for... Contingency, you know. Our, uh, what are oh, you going to prepare? Our, what are you even God, talking about? Arvine's rubbing off on me. Let's just go <laughs> before, I, before it gets worse. That's the nicest thing you've ever said about me, Strix. <laughs> oh, I gotta go take a bath. I'll be right back. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's great, gonna storm d- off d- and go sit did, with uh, Vincent and pick his brain. <laughs> Okay. Right, Arvin's gonna come with you. <laughs> Greg, does Matisse have anything he wants to say? He says that sometimes you have to pick your battles, and it's not always necessarily going to be. I think it might be tough. What you want, or how you want it to happen. Well, then, yeah, yeah. Is Steve ready? To, uh, not Steve. Gosh. Vincent. 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 Vincent, ready to go. Just said it. <laughs> yes, there, there, there are there are shibaks of the uh, leather skin variety um, all over the ship, basically in place um, to take care of any operations that need to be taken care of. All right. And I thought we were going to have a Matisse Strax heart to heart there, like bonding moment. <laughs> There's not enough ale involved. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Matisse yes. can teach you a lot, buddy. <laughs> He's lived lifetimes. a long time. <laughs> so, so Sarah, Janie learns from Vincent that basically the ship needs a week to recharge from the plane shift. Okay. So what's, so what's the plan? And approximately how, based on how fast we can go, how quickly could we go from like just distance wise? Like it took us multiple months to get from the Rock of Brawl to where we were. Right. When we plane, you know, left right. portals and blah blah blah. Right. Like 
with the speed of the ship, like what's the difference in time? Does that make sense? Yeah. If you want to discuss it with, with Vincent, he can um, also try to approximate it based on his knowledge base. Mm-hmm. And uh, essentially what he tells you is he believes that the Spelljammer moves at probably a little bit more than twice the speed of um, the fastest conventional Spelljammer ship. Okay. Yeah. I'll be looking at a few weeks. Um, and how is that in comparison to a Nautilus? Uh, it, it's... It's, it's it's definitely it's at least twice as fast. Monkey wrench. <laughs> no, it, it's it, it's at least twice as fast. That was a Kate question. I'm sorry. No, Arvine our, <laughs> our, our, our would be asking Strax, or she probably would have already. In the last few days, have you been trying to shelter us or as much of the ship from detection with your Mordenkindens spell? Or no, I, I'm just curious no, if that's something that enough. you would, yeah, uh, you can, it's something like a hundred feet, but it's probably not enough. Yeah. Uh, the city's multiple much. miles. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the question so is, is, are they, are they only scrying us or are they trying to scry the ship itself? We don't know that they're trying to scry us at all. They're trying to scry us. Yeah. 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 Jinx. <laughs> Jinx scratch. Jinx. Okay. The, uh, so, the, the, the ship is about a half mile across. Yeah. Okay. All right, so we go, we pick up the crew, then what? I, I don't suggest going back to the rock. We would attract a lot of attention. Gonna have to get back there at some point. Eh. I, I would say if we go back to any location, we try to like hide out at a safe distance and maybe send the Sure, star let's try to hide a ship craft. the size of the rock. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a... Giant manta ray asteroid. We're gonna hide. <laughs> <laughs> but he says to Strax that he could uh, set up his uh, hammered unicorn on this, the the uh, sp- new location. Relocate the forge. The, right? the, uh, yeah. the spell jammer. <laughs> yes, I couldn't yeah. remember. It. <laughs> I mean, you could. new portable location. We'll come to you. <laughs> if, if any plane. <laughs> if we wanted to be more subtle, Arvine's suggestion would be that we keep the the spell jammer like a half a day away from any location we go, like more in in deep wild space, so to speak, and then send. The mini spell jammers, or the, the, the small, jammers small jammers, or jammers. the or the star runner, to go to like get supplies. If we go back to Rebel Station, for example, so that you're correct. So we don't make waves by having, you know, a, a two thousand foot long ship <laughs> show up somewhere instead. Because <laughs> nothing's going to keep a secret in the world if we do that. I mean. Do we Eventually, want to to... we're gonna have to pop it. Or this whole city is go- probably gonna be populated anyway. Otherwise, I won't have any customers. Uh, right. But uh, well, let's just we... take yes. it slow, huh? Do we yes, want to try to contact Galmore? We have to populate. I'm not populating this bullshit myself. I'll well, certainly give it my best try. We have to go back to the but... rock and get her all. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. She I am said, not populating this ship with her. She said populate. <laughs> not copulate. There's a distinct difference. <laughs> oh, Sarah clipped out her mic. <laughs> All right. Nice. All right. Let's go get the crew. They've waited long enough. Yeah. Populate, copulate, two different things. 
<laughs> okay, so Janie, you're you're asking the ship to uh, plan shift to the Star Runner on the Prime Material plane. Yes. Okay. So um, let's hope we don't smash the ship. <laughs> there is like this low sort of hum that that comes from the entire ship, and you can you can kind of feel like this mild vibrating um, in the ship. And um, there's this uh, portal that opens up directly in front of the ship. And uh, the spelljammer basically travels right through the event horizon of this of this portal. And it appears in wild space. I mean, you can see through the portal, you can see like stars and things through the portal. And it, and it shifts right through that space and it closes behind it. And you are in your in wild space, and you can see um, uh, Garanath uh, in the distance. It's close enough that you can make out the features of it, and so you know that you are that that's where you need to go. All right. Well, Janie, can you find the star? Find the star runner. <laughs> I'm gonna start flying towards the planet. Okay. Um, we should be hopefully within range that Hal might actually be able to hear us right yeah. now. Arvin's going to test it out and say, hey, Hal, Hal, the, can you hear us? Uh, you don't get anything um, yet. Okay. okay. Um, but you basically, you, you, pilot the, you pilot the ship, the Spelljammer, um, over to, uh, to Garanath. Um, at the moment, you don't see the ship in orbit. You don't see it anywhere in proximity, but you know, you told it to patrol around the area, so it might just not be right around the planet right at this particular point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, you keep trying the communicator? I do. Okay. Do we notice any sinister shellfish? <laughs> no, you don't. No Nautilus. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, so it takes about 15 minutes of you basically periodically trying <clears throat> the communicator. And then you hear Hal's voice. Uh, yes, Arvine. She's so calm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't heard but, from us in what, like weeks? We're back in orbit on Giranath, and uh, we have something to show you that I think you're all going to like. Where, where are you guys in Star Runner? Uh, we're on a patrol. Um, it would take us about 20 minutes to get back to the planet. All right. Come on back then. Don't forget to give them docking orders. Yeah, uh, when, when you get here, you'll be, it should be pretty obvious where you need to dock. Very well, I mean. Just let her know. I, I guess would she need to talk to me to dock? Do the pilots have to talk to each other? I don't know how that works. Um, I mean, it, it's conceivable to you that that ships could just land on, on the ship on and, each other. Yeah, and it, it would, and it, and the ship probably wouldn't care. Okay. The, the spell jammer probably wouldn't care if any if any ship landed on it. Okay. Okay. I'll so, try to convey to the spell jammer that these are our friends. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, um, to try to you know keep it calm. <laughs> <laughs> not a threat. 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 <laughs> no lasers. No lasers. No lasers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so twenty minutes go by, and and the star runner uh, uh, appears in the distance and and closes in on the on the spell jammer, and Janie um, tries to convey a feeling of um acceptance and 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 you know friendship and there's no danger um <laughs> yeah sure and relief 
and, ha- and, ha- and, ha- and happiness. And uh, the spell jammer um, obviously picks up on it, and and uh, the, sh- the 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 star runner um, docks on the port wing, and it has no issues. the The ship doesn't react in any kind of a negative way, or whatnot. Um, do you all go out to that wing to meet the ship as it as it docks? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, sure. Okay. So um so because the ship is a galleon, it's it's floating just above the deck, and and they're lowering um uh, rope ladders down for people to to come down. And basically, it's, you know, Olo gets off the ship, and um, Hal stays on, but Olo gets off the ship with some of the crew, and um. Olo comes down and says, uh, what, what, what is, what is all of, what is this? Shore leave. Come on. <laughs> uh, can the rest of the crew come on board? Absolutely. Okay. So, um, he, he signals back to the crew. There are some people up on the deck and uh, basically people start filing off the ship and uh, Hal comes off the ship once she is told that it's okay to do so. So uh, essentially, you know, the entire crew is is pretty um, amazed by, by what they're seeing. And the people that haven't heard the legends are very quickly filled in on it. You know, I'd probably say like maybe like a third of the crew kind of has an idea of what, of what the ship is. And the other two thirds just think it's a really 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 big ship <laughs> um but, Damn, but this is a really big ship yeah Damn. <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't take long for everybody to be filled in on what's happening and the people that have heard the legends are, are are just completely blown away by what is happening right now um the ones that are hearing it for the first time think it's pretty cool um but you know i mean hal in particular is 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 like just like completely amazed by, by what she's Beside saying herself yeah she, like, she can't believe that she's like standing on on on, on the spell jammer right now she it's just beyond her and she um she Did it actually she, crack her facade um yeah i mean she she does seem a little bit uh you know not in the same way when when captain braun died but but she has a certain kind of excitement that that is uh unusual for her how old is, is she jelly yo Elf. How, how where in the crown she? is she jelly? How? How's <laughs> uh, how's about 120? Okay. <clears throat> Which really is not old for an elf, but no, no, she's she's a kid still practically. Yeah. <laughs> we never um, did look at the captain's quarters or anything, so do we know who? No, you you, you guys went through the whole ship. Okay. You guys went through well, the entire we there, ship. We didn't do the memories thing there, but. Yeah, I, I mean, you guys are there for two days, and you know, Janie can see every inch of the ship by putting the crown on, and you guys could have explored the whole ship on those two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nothing but, else popped out as anything of consequence. No, no, okay. no. You, you have a pretty good lay of the land, and uh, you know, Jorn's map All is right. surprisingly accurate <laughs> from the last civilization yeah, that was Jordan. there. Well, <laughs> it's a shore leave, right? Let's show, let's show everybody where the taverns are. <laughs> Chris, to make sure I'm not forgetting, did we have a tool that would allow us just to communicate with Galmore, or was it only the device that would be a beacon so that we could teleport to him? It's just a beacon. It's yeah. Only a beacon. Okay, all right. So we don't yeah. want to do that. Uh, but but Hal, Hal does ask about the crown, Jenny. She asks, um, oh, of course. you know, if it's the same as, the, as what you experienced um, when she was teaching you how to pilot the, 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 pilot the Star Runner. 
I would probably pull her into like private quarters and give her a full rundown of, of the, the similarities and differences and, and what it's like and okay the rapport with the ship and yeah yeah okay. probably even discuss with her you know if it would be better for me to keep doing what I've been doing or if we think it would be better for her to take over or okay kind of discuss those things yeah I mean she she's ready and willing and somewhat eager to pilot, to pilot <laughs> the <laughs> To, to, uh, to pilot the, think the, the, the spell jammer, but she's not. She's not. You know, gonna take it off my head. And... No. <laughs> no. Um, Mutiny. Janie, Janie at this point <laughs> would be hesitant because she's developed such a uh... rapport. Yeah. Bond. Bond. But the ship trusts somebody she's else. Become so too. bonded with the ship. So you, you, you think that you think that uh, I mean not to try to take anything away from Janie, but you think yeah. the ship. Um, will bond with anybody who's not like an evil bastard. <laughs> what if, what if hell's the double agent? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, nope. It's a pretty good test. Uh, Where are the crowd? The crowd. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, you, you probably think that like when, when, when the mind flares, when, when the elephants were in control of the ship, you probably think that it wasn't all that happy at that time. Oh, probably not. <laughs> um, would it be? Yeah, but but I mean the the relationship that Janie has with the Spelljammer is is just like you know the Spelljammer is now your friend, and you have you have a relationship with it. So if Hal piloted it, Hal would become a friend. But my relationship with you is different than my relationship with John. So so you know you would both be friends with the ship if that was the case. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm glad to hear so that. In- by the way, I was worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like Sarah. I don't like John. So uh, there we go. Now I feel better. <laughs> it's just that he wants to touch your butt, John. He doesn't want to touch. No, you. not really. <laughs> <laughs> I want wow. to touch your booty. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. Okay. So probably after enough discussion and drinks, talking over the science and schematics or whatever you want to call it with magic spell jamming stuff um (laughs) janie would probably agree to let Hal take over okay to at least experiment it out feel it out see how the ship feels about it yeah yeah yeah. And, and she um she based on all the information that you gave her she suggests maybe staying like another day in orbit around the planet so she can kind of get to know the ship a little bit um yeah and you know, develop a relationship with it. So if everybody's cool with that, um, you Strax will just, stay another day. Yeah. Strax is just as happy not having Janie seeing what the crew is doing all the time anyway. <laughs> yeah. So Janie has to get Earl on the ship and then look at him when he's in the shower. <laughs> he's already seen what's under the fur. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think have we wishful. not implied that enough? Like, come on. I think that's wishful, that's wishful thinking on Jenny's part, I think. <laughs> I have a severe boo face. So. <laughs> come on. Anyway, I've got the rest of the crew. We're going drinking. Got, yeah, there's a tavern. It just, and I, I warned the crew... Try not to break anything. We want to give them a tour of the city and let them know that this could be their home and eventually. Introduce them to, to the be. constructs. Yeah. Well, I think they'll be more appreciative of the idea when they're half drunk. 
Yeah, I, I mean, o- o- over the course of the day, I mean, I mean, you guys get some food and you get some drink, and there are definitely some people that 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 think it's really cool and they drink a little bit too much, and people are having a good time over the course of that day, and and Hal kind of gets accustomed to the ship, and you know, she basically tells Janie that that you know she, she has um, some some sort of a rapport with the ship at this point, yeah. and. Um, you know the uh, the crew has spent that entire day basically looking around the ship and talking with each other and listening to what you were saying about the idea of possibly having this as some kind of like you know um, a larger base of operations or something um, or, or, or or like a, a larger ship to roam the galaxy in. I mean, I mean, and the possibilities are, are just kind of staggering, and people aren't sure what to do ex- exactly, but they're excited to be here and they trust all of you. Um, as as the leaders of of the Star Runner, and, and of course they, they 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 trust Hal and Olo as well. So um, that that day goes by and everything is good. So essentially, you tell me what you want to do at the end of that. Um, I have uh, a question for you because Arvine would probably think about this as far as tactics, even within the first day of having everyone there. How many of the small jammers are there? Both the bigger ones and the little ones. There's. Um, Right now, there's about a dozen of the of the smaller variety of the small jammer, okay. uh, and there is about six of the slightly larger ones that can hold the crew. Okay. So our Arvine would probably convene with um, Strax and Matisse to try to figure out uh, who among the crew might be capable of uh, you know, training so that they they can help to pilot those craft in the event that we needed to defend the ship on a larger scale. With the Air Force in motion? Basically, yeah. Identify people who we could have in squadrons with us and the small ones. I know we have some casters like Ruffian who could potentially pilot the larger craft along with you guys, depending on whether... Yeah, so... Uh, Well, essentially... Help lead up a fighter squadron with the little guys because she can't pilot the bigger ones. (laughs) Uh, That's... Get let people settle in first. (laughs) Okay. But it's not a bad well, idea. Well, you guys could have a, oh. um, what's a tactics meeting? Arvin's war- <laughs> warrior always running from something. Sense would be like, okay, so the 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 Empire fleet could pop out of nowhere tomorrow, right? So that's that's where she's coming from on this. Right. Well, well we, even we if we start today, we have rosters of the crew. We know we at this point would know who mm-hmm. are spellcasters, who are not spellcasters. Yeah. I'm sure we could figure out. Okay. And ideas and have tactical meetings behind the scenes before we even mm-hmm. sure yeah and, mm-hmm. and besides i mean even if we are attacked tomorrow i don't think we're going to have a battle ready crew mm-hmm. in less than 24 hours when they just Definitely land not. they don't know how to swing swords they certainly don't know how to well, shoot lasers good news out of is, small good news is we're fast <laughs> enough that we can run run ahead and put distance at least for a while if we have to small yeah, the uh the the short answer is um uh, Strax can cast spells, and Matisse can cast spells, yep. and so can Janie. Mm-hmm. So the three of you can pilot one of the um, small jammers that can sustain a crew, and also Ruffian, Ruffian, um, Ruffian, and Hal, and uh, Maze. Right. So that makes six of us. If Hal is piloting for you, then I would assume she'd not go on a small uh, small jammer if she's piloting the spell jammer. Was she? She's got time. the big guns. Yeah, she's she's got the big guns on the big ship. So 
So five big ships that can be manned and then probably however many of the little ones that we want. Myself and other crew members if Mm -hmm. they're willing. Yep. All right. Well, we can worry about those details later. Uh, Where do we do? I mean, what is your destination uh, from here? That is the open question. Um, We could go, we could head back to the vicinity of the rock and check back in with the uh, with the forge make sure everything is okay there honestly I don't know that there's much there we could go check in with Arvine's parents planet and see if there's any rumors of the Empire's Nautilus ships being That's sighted anywhere they actually have squadrons of people that might actually be on the lookout Maybe, so we, maybe we could that... go take over Deep Space Nine again, or whatever that place was called. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, would think about Rebel Station, but from a standpoint of less people finding out that we have this giant ship, that's really obvious. I, I, I kind of lean towards the parents' planet too, because we know they've been going to Rebel Station, so hopefully they've been party Gathering to the intel. rumor mill, right? Well, they yeah, know that so, we're looking for them. Yeah, yeah. Illithids, like yeah. that we're. They knew that they were looking about for them. us, so they'd so, probably be keeping ears out, and hopefully anybody who's gone through Rebel Station has a good chance to hear, oh my gosh, the whole fleet attacked the rock, right? Like That's right. what I'm worried about. Yeah. Matisse asked Janie, does the ship have a way of possibly camouflaging itself? Like a cloaking device? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. We never asked it. Oh, you didn't. Hey, Al! can can you ask my friend if there's any way that the ship can cloak um you can also ask vincent but but you're asking how yeah okay um she's a better relationship with the ship uh, true (laughs) uh so how basically conveys to you that that she that she asked the spell jammer if it has a way of camouflage and um, she gets sort of that warm feeling of confirmation. Ha Nice. Yes, thank you, Gray. Oh, that simplifies a lot. <laughs> it Batiste. does. Well, there you so, go. So go sneak, sneak. Off Here we go. Planet first, and then I say, and... I say, we go to Arvine's parents' planet. Personally. It's closer. I'm on board with that. Okay. It's yeah. on. I mean, it's on the way. So they, All right. well, they gave me the warm fuzzies, and they indicated that they might have some militia that could help us mm-hmm. and hey yeah. and they have supplies so mm-hmm. so you're heading to hey, our... maybe they want to be part of our city <laughs> maybe well, been having to get supplies at rebel station because of the orc problems that they were having but right. yeah she's such it's a goody goody <laughs> well, I'm not saying we Arvine take care of the side I'm just giving crap. <laughs> but anyway, stop going for the side quests. <laughs> okay. Best source of info, I think. Our most yeah. discreet source of info right now. I agree. So, um, so Hal is going to pilot the Spelljammer to the um, Arvine's parents' planet. Correct. Correct. Okay. All right. So, um, the ship you know gets up to speed and uh, I mean you've already seen it go pretty fast just from where it entered from the plane shift to the planet Um, but now you get to see it over like a longer duration and um, you know it's definitely unlike anything you've ever seen before I mean things 
um, things are obviously you're in space, so things don't move very fast, no matter how fast you're going. Um, but you know that the ship is traveling at, at excessive speed. That like you start to pass by planetary bodies, um, you start to go by you know uh, planets and moons and asteroids and things. Oh. And and even though it's all still going kind of at slow motion, it's not as slow motion as it was when you were at top speed and, and the Star Runner. Have we gone to plaid? <laughs> no. Ludicrous speed. I was going to ask that, but I was trying not to say it over it. So you set out for the planet uh, where Arvine's parents are, which they gave you the coordinates to. Did they and, give us a name? Um, they did, but I don't remember what it was. Okay, I forget. I, I don't have my folder with me. Uh, don't so, take our. Uh, as you are making your way through wild space, um, you pass through. Again, you know, you're going by by planets and and moons, uh, and asteroids and different kinds of stellar bodies and things like that, and um, you're actually you're, you're passing through um, sort of like a massive asteroid field. I mean, the asteroids they're 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 far enough apart that like Hal is very easily able to navigate through. Um, they're they're very spread apart, but um, I, I, as the spelljammer is navigating uh, around an asteroid that is a little bit like too close for comfort um you see uh these these 10 legs come out from the bottom of the asteroid as it uh moves over to the guild tower location 13 on joran's map and you see eyes and a mouth open up and the creature begins uh digging its pointed legs into the tower while shooting webbing like all over the city <laughs> and oh. like, like like warning lights start flashing all over the spell jammer and you hear this like loud continuous alert sound and um you know you hear hal's voice come over the ambient you know just just like on the star order <laughs> and she says something is attacking the ship what is that <laughs> um so something to, uh, something to shoot <laughs> yeah. oh no so so this giant sort of like you know asteroid spider is is latching on to uh to that tower and and is and is uh setting off webs like all over the ship uh, all, all over the city and uh that is where we will end for this session oh, oh no. yeah. <laughs> spiders splooging all over the city yeah. it's, it's like, like is it one of the towers with the laser beam just shoot the laser beam uh, <laughs> it's not it's, it's actually right in between the two so the laser oh. it's the like thing. alarm 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 If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review anywhere this podcast can be found. Our social media links, plus additional content, can be found on our website at knightsofroleplay.com. Please tell your friends about Knights of Roleplay and Adventuring Podcast, and spread the word through social media. Your help and support are greatly appreciated. <laughs>